uh, you know, can we do that again? Sure. That sucked. Do it again. I felt like I was like, it was You game were rambling? Show. Yeah, it was a game show thing. Okay. I didn't, just didn't like it. Felt like I was Chuck Woolery. Are you Chuck Woolery? <laughs> we'll be back in two and two. <laughs> Hey, welcome everyone to episode nine of On Taking Pictures. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where we talk about the art as well as the science behind making images. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me as always is New York portrait photographer Bill Wadman. Hello, Bill. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Did you know that the iPhone is pretty good at making bootleg recordings at concerts? I did not know that. Uh, number one, I, I don't really go to concerts much anymore because they're too expensive. I agree. Um, I went to I went to a, a free show last night of um, of uh, John Gallagher Jr. Do you know who this kid is? No. Um, have you watched the new Aaron Sorkin show? No, I've heard about it. Is it news news something? Yeah, newsroom? it's the the newsroom. Yeah. Um, he he. This John Gallagher guy is on the new show. He plays this like little executive producer kid. And um, he also won a Tony Award for being in Spring Awakening, and and he was actually on an episode of uh, you ever watch you watch The West Wing, right? Sure. Uh, there was a se- in season four in the beginning. Uh, Josh and Toby got stuck in the middle of Indiana, and this like little kid was driving around in a jeep trying to get him back to the train. Okay, the Gallagher kid was was he's the, jeep the kid driver? in the jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. he uh, he's a singer songwriter too, and he was playing at this Rockwood Music Hall last night, and I went, and uh, it's free, so it's fine. But uh, he doesn't have any recordings. Like, the kid doesn't record his stuff, which drives me nuts because his songs are really good. And so I just put my iPhone on voice record, you know, the voice, what is it called? Is that what it's called? Yeah, voice yeah the app that just comes with it? Yeah. And yeah. just stick it upside down in my shirt pocket. Huh. And it comes out fine. I mean, not like, you know, r- record quality, but good enough that with a little bit of filtering, it is listenable. And when will you be making the live CD available? Uh, yeah, I won't. But it's it's nice for my own memory, you know. That's kind of cool. Uh, but he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even no. Have... It's really frustrating. He doesn't even have a real website. The best he's got is like a Facebook page or a MySpace page. It's really Facebook, awful. That's not a website. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, dude, you could just record these songs once, and there's like you know fifteen, twenty thousand teenage girls who would buy this stuff in a second. Um, what is it? Is it kind of poppy? No, he, it's kind of a folk. He's sort of a folk guy. Okay. Uh, I'll send you some stuff. You'll like it. Like like James Taylor? Yeah, but a little more modern. Um, right. I'm a big James Taylor fan, though. I, I'd also like to say I that I, sp- I spent the last week with my nephew, um, Bert. And, Bert. Uh, and we tried to take some family pictures on Friday by setting up a tripod and a timer. And Bert's, you know, two... And my mother was down, so it was my mother and my sister. My father died a few years ago. So it was my mother, my sister, myself, and Bert. And I'll tell you, it is really, really difficult to take pictures of kids. So all of you people out there who take pictures of kids, my hat is off to you because that's impossible. He looked a little angry in the last one. Yeah. He, pointing. He, oh, he's a very angry kid. No, he, he's not a very angry kid. <laughs> he just keeps saying, no, no. <laughs> It's like, Bert, I'm nowhere near you. What are you talking? No. Nice. He's a cute kid. Anyway, uh, what is uh, what do we got on the on the agenda for the day? A few things. Um, the first thing I think is is the Miami Heat owner. Oh, that guy. I, come on. Okay, so the story goes that uh, the owner of the Miami Heat um, is suing D bags, Mister Puffin stuff. What's his <laughs> I real think name? That is, that's his real name, D bag, Mister Puffin stuff. <laughs> I think that's it. Ronan uh, Katz? Ronan Katz? Ronan Katz? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a blogger posted a photo that Mr. Katz, <laughs> Mr. Katz, that's funny, uh, found unflattering. So he's suing Google and this Miami blogger. Okay. Because they posted an unflattering photo. Now, why Google's in the mix, I don't, maybe because they indexed the search. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Two things. One, um, I think there's a little more to this thing. Apparently, this guy's some sort of real estate billionaire, and uh, the the blogger actually runs a blog that sort of um, lists all of the lawsuits that have been lit- done against him or something. Because she's got a, a, a chip on her shoulder about the guy. Okay. 
So I'm not just saying, I'm saying it's not just like, oh, I took the picture of this guy and look, it's up on the website. It's like, it's on a website that's saying terrible things about this guy, which he may very well deserve. I'm just saying that there's more to the story. But is um, he suing for defamation of so, character over well, what she wrote? He's suing, he's, he sued to get the blog taken down, but he's failing at that. So now he's suing about the picture. Basically, he's like this billionaire who's just trying to like pound her into the ground and get her to give up, um, which is just terrible, terrible thing. Uh, it's it yeah due due to its partially distorted uh, it's partially distorted due to its unflattering nature. What does that even mean? I don't know. I After don't know. all, but the, it, the real estate tycoon claims he is not even a public figure, which would allow him to file a defamation suit without having to prove actual malice. This stuff is okay. There's a bad picture of you on some website. You're just some crotchety old rich man who wants to make a you know wants to do something about it. It's like years ago, uh, when I was working in the dot com industry, uh, like ten years ago when I was in advertising, a kid that I worked with heard the Exxon and Mobile were merging, okay, and bought ExxonMobil dot com before ExxonMobil bought ExxonMobil dot com. Wow! And so he gets a letter from ExxonMobil like a week and a half later saying we want our domain. And he said, sure, you can buy it off me for, you know, $20,000 or something like that. And ExxonMobil said no. And he said, okay, well, I'll just hold on to it then. Apparently, the next morning or two days later, he got a FedEx package in the mail, which was like 400-page suit against him. Wow. Trying to get it back. So his lawyer calls these lawyers, and he's talking to him. He's just like, what are you doing? Like, it's going to cost you $100,000 to even, you know, make this suit happen. Right, right. Pay the kid twenty grand, and you can have it for whatever. And they say we don't care how much it costs; we're going to kill him. Huh? So it's like there are these people out there who just don't care, you know. So I mean, for him, it's like you know what? I, I'll sue Google. I'll sue. It, but the funny thing about it, which this which this uh, article says, is that it's the whole Streisand effect, right? The more he makes a stink about it, the more people are going to see the photo. Right. Where if he just let it go. No one would care. Yeah, the, the eight people that saw it, what difference does it make? Yeah, exactly. The, the problem becomes, though, that if it is even the least bit successful on his part, what sort of precedent does that set oh, for yeah. independent journalism, for yeah. you know, photo bloggers, video bloggers? For street photography? Sure, sure. Um, I think that stuff just gets out of control. I mean, it's funny, though. There was a kid on the subway once. Who I who had a camera around his neck, and I realized later that he had a shutter release in his hand, and he had a really wide angle lens on it, and he was kind of just shooting on the subway. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people figured it out and were kind of covering their face and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, what are you gonna do? You know, like, yeah, are you re- you're out there in the real world? He's not taking like this picture of the guy is. It's like him with his like tongue kind of half out, like he was kind of making a goofy face, or maybe he was licking his lips. It's not like it's a picture of him like naked bent over somewhere, you know? Right. Um, right. There's there's nothing incriminating about it. It's not No, he's at like attractive, the, he's, but he, I don't know that you could take an attractive picture. He, he's of him. at the Miami Heat like uh he's at a, a stadium with sure. 40,000 other people. You know, this is just stupid. It's but it but it it just goes to show you what uh what you can do if you have money, you know. Which uh just gets crazy. And and so I think that brings us to this other girl, the second chance girl. Yeah, you, you take the lead on this one. So somebody sent this in. I think it was Jeff Green, um, a friend of mine. Uh, he So basically this woman um, wanted to become a photographer, wanted to become a wedding photographer or something, uh, wanted to start making a lot of money. So she took pictures from other people's portfolios put her watermark on them and posted them on her website as her own work. So that and she starting charging, started charging a commensurate rate as if she had all this yes. experience and work. Yeah. Um, and then people figured this out and started yelling at her. Uh, apparently she, her idea was that she was, you know, once she made it, she was going to start taking down that stuff and start putting up her own stuff. Um, and then on May 9th, 2012, the bottom fell out of my world. I woke up to 100 plus emails in my inbox, several missed calls and voicemails. 
about 100 text messages, quick glance to my phone, I knew I had been caught. Photographers wrote blog posts about me. Others left comments and spread the word. Newspapers and news stations documented what had happened. I received tons of backlash from people all over the world telling me how much of a horrible person I was. Received anonymous emails telling me that I should kill myself. Phone calls, voicemails, blog comments, blah, blah, blah. Um, And and this is all from the the article on uh, people of the second chance? Yes. And, And here's the thing. Uh, and then somebody said, it's a shame that it's not like the olden days where you could be stoned for crimes like this, is what somebody said to her. Okay. That's a little harsh. Right. So the guy who sent this to me said, you know, isn't this a little over- overdone, you know? And yes, sure. Yes. Obviously, she shouldn't die <laughs> because she did yes, this. Yes. The vehemence of the, of, of the commentary is, is typical internet. Hyper, hyperbole and, yeah. and, and over, overwrought. However, no, you don't get a second chance. This is really, really bad. Like, you have lost all credibility in what you were trying to do, and you shouldn't get a second chance because there are people out there who are really trying to do it on their own work and aren't stealing other people's stuff and and trying to make it, uh, pass it off as their own. Um, You know, she said in this, I felt like the scum of the earth, but still I continued. Well, you know what? You knew you were doing something wrong and you kept doing it. So no, you don't get a second chance. Right. Uh, you, you, Not to mention that that you're 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 affecting the people whose work you stole. Absolutely. No, this is this is. I mean, you know what? You know, sure, try to make it on your own images if you want, but don't expect everyone to suddenly like, oh, you can start all over again. Okay, you know what? Go take your own pictures and put them up. But right. you know, Let's start from scratch. Yeah, exactly. But don't. Oh, it's so frustrating. Um. And this is yeah, this is on this is on some is some religious website or something. I don't know. So I, should she? Do you think she should have to return monies collected because they were they were they were collected based on that portfolio that didn't exist? Well, I I think that I think that the people who hired her, I mean, if they're not happy with their work that she did, you know, or, or have the right to complain to her and maybe get some of the money back or something. I don't know. I just, I just think that it's a really jerky thing to do, like mm-hmm. extremely jerky. Um, e- even when I've worked on stuff, collaborated with other people, I always feel weird about putting it up on my sites. Even back in the day when I used to do like advertising stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if I worked on a project with three other people and I did thirty percent of it, if I put it on my site, I always used to feel weird about that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the degree that she went to because she says in in this article in her apology she says it wasn't just an image here and there either i took complete shoots and blog posts from other photographers blog posts she was stealing blog posts (laughs) i even stole a blog post about starting a photography business (sighs) the saddest part is that the blog post gave advice like operate with integrity and respect your fellow photographer you know you're done Go choose something else to do. You've you've ruined it for yourself. I don't know. I just uh, I, this offends me on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it's it's the sort of it's the Milli Vanilli, you know. If if anything, it's worse than Milli Vanilli. Um, somehow, because you know, I mean, that's just that's an act. You know, I mean, music. I mean, you could argue that music's always an act. You know, you know what I'm saying? That it's sure. Um. It's a performance where this is like you're going out there and and providing a service and you're and you're lying about your credentials and everything. It's just I mean, and not just like oh, you know, I I spent two years assisting for this person when really I only spent one year. You know, right, 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 right. This is this is just basically making stuff up and you know, fake it till you make it's fine, but stealing other people's stuff, other people's uh, blog posts. Uh, yeah, no, she's done as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I'm you know. Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah. Is, is, is the reaction harsh enough? Too harsh? Um, take a look at the link in the in the show notes and uh, and see what you think. I'd I'd kind of like to hear from from some of the listeners too and see. You know, it is too. Uh, she, she she yes no do that. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures dot com. Um, if you want to send us an email, but uh, the, the thing about it is that she didn't just do one. She did it over and over and over right. again. And the only right. reason her entire she, site was built on right. other people's work. The only reason she wants redemption is because she got caught. Mm-hmm. And therefore, no. <laughs> you know, 
it's not like she did this and then she, you know, cleaned up and said, I'm so sorry. Uh, all the people I worked with, I, you know, I apologize. I'm going to split the money. I did this wrong. It's the only reason she did this is because she got caught. And therefore I'm, I'm not crying for her. I'm cranky. A little bit. Maybe a little I'm, bit. Okay. I'm a little cranky. Um, but the, 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 the comments are, I don't know. They're kind of they're kind of mixed. If you look at the comments on her apology, I think um, I think you have handled this with grace and integrity. Move on. Uh, do not profit from the loss and try to rebuild your life or whatever. Grace and integrity. <laughs> you are a little. Cranky. I'm not perfect as no one else is, so I will not judge you. You know what? That's such a weak argument. Of course, no one's perfect, but it doesn't mean that we all don't. We you know I don't steal cars and kill people and rape people. You know. Like there's, right. it's a very, it's a, it's a gray, very big gray spectrum. And just because we're not all, you know, perfect or, or awful doesn't yeah, mean don't that there that are shades excuse. in the middle. I don't know that that's uh it's weak. Yeah. It's you know? a weak argument. Uh, anyway, here, anyway. here's a good one. Uh, just one last one. Uh, I'm astounded at the forgiving nature of many of these comments. What you did was completely heinous. I'm fairly certain your name would be Mun anywhere in the photographic community in this uh, at this point. Self-serving dribble of blog apology, which is clearly meant to serve your ego and not accommodate the thousands of people you hurt, is not going to magically whisk it all whisk away your crime. Yeah, potential name changes is by deed poll would be suggested. Good luck. <laughs> now, did you? That was your comment, didn't it? Wasn't it? Yes. You, uh, you, by <laughs> Bill Wadman. <laughs> All right, so shame on you. Yeah, I don't, don't steal other people's work. I don't. I don't. I don't. That yeah. Don't cry for me. Whatever your name is. Yeah, that that doesn't do anything for me. Okay, onward. Um, you like time lapse, yeah? <sighs> yeah, I like time lapse. Yeah. Uh, guy who calls himself or herself, I don't really know who. Okay, it is. wait, hold on a second. But the, the fact that you keep putting these in the lineup shows that you really. I like love time lapse. I especially love time lapse of the night sky, and I'll tell you why. Uh, quick story. Um, sophomore year in high school, uh, honors biology class, we, we would do these, these field trips. These are not just day trips, but like two and three day, um, camping trips, canoe trips. It was a fantastic class. And one of the trips that we did was to Joshua Tree. Um, and, uh, it was a two or three day trip to Joshua Tree. And, uh, the first night that we got there. You too was uh, there. No, that's right. They were practicing. It was the weirdest thing. Um, we stayed at a, a place called Sheep's Pass in Joshua Tree. And across uh, the way from us, uh, we heard music. And there was this group of, of, of people. And you could see kind of red lights. And uh, a few of us went over and just kind of wanted to see what was going on. And it was this amateur astronomy club. And uh, they saw us and, and welcomed us over and invited us in. And, and we spent the majority of the night looking through their telescopes. There were probably, I don't know, a dozen or more of them. Uh, and some of them just amazingly enormous uh, telescopes. And we spent the evening looking at, you know, Andromeda and, and the Orion Nebula and the Hercules Cluster and all this kind of stuff. And it kind of sparked my interest in astronomy, which has continued to this day. So any, any time that I can look at, you know, night sky or star fields or star trails or I'm, I'm all in. Okay. It, it's, it's something that I, that I really, really dig. And this guy, T-Rex, T hyphen R-E-C-S. We'll put it in the show notes. Rawr. Has, yeah. Rawr. That's right. <laughs> wow. That's how he signs <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is T-Rex. Rawr. Um, he, he's done this, this fantastic, uh, time lapse and it's different than, than say Tom Lowe's uh, Timescapes film, which is amazing. If you haven't picked that up, go to timescapes.org uh, to check out a trailer. You can buy the Blu-ray or the DVD or even a, a 4K version if you want. Uh, but he's done this slow shutter uh, for each of the stills, and it and it creates these these trails rather than the pinpoint uh, star fields that we're used to seeing in these time lapses. Uh, the, the trails take on almost like schools of fish. Um, it, it's just a really cool effect. I, I agree. I think it's very cool. The only problem I have with, and, and I like that he did something different, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times the only problem I have with um, time lapse is that 
there's first of all, almost always it's a, of the sky or clouds, right? It's it's like weather or or star related, right? Um, and the the problem I have in it is that one guy's work looks very similar to the next guy's work because sure you're taking pictures of stars, you know, what are you going to do differently? So the fact that he did the slightly long exposures and you sort of get these trails uh, is kind of neat. So I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also done some, some sort of typography and, and, and graphic design elements of, of outlining the constellations yep. and, and sort of highlighting uh, uh, deep sky objects instead of just, just uh, the background plates. So it, it's very cool. Check I it think, out. I think it was kind of neat too how he put some of the uh, locations like in the foreground, sort of mm-hmm. JJ Abrams mm-hmm. style. Yeah, kind of from Fringe type of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Ah, uh, JJ Abrams. I love the Fringe. I only needed some, some more lens flares would have been great. Is Fringe so, over now? Uh, one more season. I think it's a half season too, isn't it? No, full season. Oh, I thought. Really? I don't know. Actually, no. I, th- I think it's a full season because they've got to wrap up the whole thing with Joshua Jackson and 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 what is that? Sorry, Liv and and Peter. Joshua Joshua Jackson. You mean Pacey? Pacey. <laughs> That's right. I do mean Pacey. This is the best Andy. sex you're never gonna have. That's oh, is that the greatest line? <sighs> uh, they just broke up. We just watched the episode where where there was the court case and and ugh. okay, no more Dawson's Creek. We're gonna get we're gonna get called out for it again. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I can't but believe you Dawson's just said Creek, that. Available on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Your Dawson's Creek thing is crazy. Um, it's, oh. So last Friday, I had to go in and uh, and 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 have a meeting with a with a with an art buyer at this ad firm, and I'm gonna okay, do. Okay, bef- before you get into that, okay. explain for for those that that maybe are just getting into photography or just maybe going pro for me. What is an art buyer? What purpose do they serve? What what? Why do you need one? They what they, they get in your way. They confound and frustrate. Um, now, uh, art buyers are generally people at um, advertising firms. They're the people who hire outside artists to do work. So, um, they the the creatives in the in at the agency are working on an ad for say Nyquil, and they've come up with this concept of having a picture of a father holding his son who's got a you know, a runny nose or something. And, 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 and it's, you know, they come up with some concept. They then need to find a photographer to take the picture. That'll be in the official ad. Uh, and they usually bid out to a couple different photographers to see who can do it at what price and what all that kind of thing. Um, so they're sort of the gatekeeper to the advertising money, which is really the only place where there's any money left in photography. Um, other than weddings, of course. Um, so they're the kind of people you need to be friends with. And okay. uh, so I had a meeting with one at this firm, ended up being two at this firm uh, on Friday, and I had to bring in my portfolio and show them my work. And the reason I bring this up is because I thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about portfolios and uh, and, and and choosing images and, and what you're trying to say and why and that kind of stuff. And now, I don't know, Jeffrey, do you have a hard time when, when you're putting pictures up on, on a site making selections? Yes, I do. I think editing and and not not editing in terms of post processing or or you know retouching or anything, but but that skill of Selections, editing yeah. selection is is a skill unto itself, and and recognizing good work or or not even good work, but appropriate work for the message. Yeah, is is a is a skill in and of itself that, that it uh, and, and, a lot of people don't have. And as you get more and more images, which are good enough to show people, but you got to call it down to 50 or whatever, um, it becomes even harder. And then what are you trying to say? Are, are you trying to show that you have a uh, range? Are you trying to show that you do one thing really, really well? Um, and that might be different for different people that you're meeting. It may be that the people, you know, that you meet want to see that you have some, concepts in your own head and then other people want to see that you can follow direction it's it's a very very difficult thing um has that changed since you kind of first started shooting professionally i mean i i remember people used to have just a book you know you'd have this this is my book yeah Uh, and and, and they still do have their book but is Um, it tailored more toward the specific meeting 
rather uh, than just having the one selection of well, photos that you show people? Well, there. Th- I mean, that's that's part of the argument, right? Is that for some people it is, and for some people they say, no, this is my work, and if you don't like it, the next guy might, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to, uh, you know, catch up with the mouse running around the room. I'm just going to sort of stand here and wait for it to come to me. Um, you see what I'm trying to say? Sure. That, that, sure. That, you know, because some people. No, you're never going to please everybody. You're never going to make everybody happy. Um, you're never going to show your work to people and have everyone like it. So there are people who say, oh, you know, you should do research and you should tailor your work to the specific person. That all kind of feels um, not fake to me, but feels disingenuous, you know? How so? Uh, because ultimately you're going to be working this person and it feels dishonest to sort of, I, I may be wrong in this, but mm-hmm. to, to me, it's, it's your work is your work and you should show them what you want to show them and not worry about trying to tailor it to exactly what they want to see. It feels like pandering to me. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. Um, so I, I go with a mixture of, in this case, I went with a mixture uh, of of prints from my more conceptual st- portraits and then my more straightforward portraits and studio work and, and, and some editorial stuff um, to show that I can pretty much shoot anything that involves people. Uh, and, and, and I also chose to bring prints. Um, there's a question whether uh, books are good, prints are, bo- are good, uh, whether people want to see stuff on iPads. And there's another whole thing, right? There are some people who want to see it on a screen. There's some people who want to see it in print. There's some people who want to see it in a book. They don't want to have single prints. Um, but I went back and forth and I decided, you know what? I'm going to bring a box full of prints. And I brought, I think, like 40 or something prints. No, What made that decision? What was it? Was there something that, that – was it the tactility? Was it going back to the objects that we talked about before? Uh, what, why did you go print instead of just bringing in an iPad and, and – Sliding that across across the table. Um, I think that prints do. I mean, I think the iPad is kind of small, especially for the kind of work that I want to show. Um, not that my prints I was making are that big. I think they were like an eleven by fourteen paper. Um, the iPad feels a little small to me, and it's very singular, like one person. Uh, okay. I I don't know. I just I mean, I think an iPad is fine for some people. I just I didn't. In fact, I when I walked out the door, I was like, oh, I should have brought the iPad because I had a lot of these pictures on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also, by printing, you're also limiting this, the, the, the thing. You're not overwhelming them with 400 million pictures. Um, in the portfolio folder on my iPad, I think I have, you know, 200 pictures, you know. Okay. Uh, and what, what was the selection you ended up bringing? 40. Okay. Um, prints. Uh, and so I, I, I showed up, I said, you know, do you mind if I, I brought prints if you don't mind? And there were two women there and, and I, and I, just pulled out the, I had a box of prints and I pulled it out and I just cut it in half and passed them half to each and they flipped through them and then they swapped and they flipped through them. I also brought some books of like my, my, uh, um, uh, motion stuff and drabbles. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, end up sleeving them? I know you were, you were kind of wrestling with I that. I had them in sleeves until the morning of, and then I took them all out of sleeves. Uh, cause I figured, you know what, if they get a little dirty, they get a little dirty. You know, these are not official prints that are signed and whatever. Like, yeah, it probably cost me 150 bucks to print them. Right. But but I'm not going to go crazy about it. I mean, part of the reason I brought prints as opposed to a book is that Adorama screwed up my book last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, did I they ever make that, that right? Real quick, did they did they make that right? Yeah, I, I they they were they you know the woman said, oh you know I'll, the um, customer service people will get back to you. Week went by, I didn't hear anything, and I wrote a nasty email, and uh, the guy called me back, and and they gave me my money back. So. Or gave me my credit back, which was the right. funny thing because I I was making the book because I had credits from winning a competition with them. Um, he apologized and 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 gave me my credit back, so I got to redo that. But in the meantime, I didn't have anything to show these people. Um, but I, you know, I kind of like the Prince thing too, because you can easily add and subtract. I can swap things out. Um, how how do you go about? If you want to tailor it, you could tailor it. How do you go about whittling it down? I mean, you're, you're talking about the editing process and, and how important that editing process is. If, I mean, hopefully if you're a photographer, you're able to recognize good pictures from not so good pictures, but recognizing what's appropriate 
yeah. uh, as I as I said before, that that's something else entirely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I try to choose a selection of my pictures that give, <laughs> funny enough, that give a portrait of my work. You know, mm-hmm. an overarching. I, I want to find things that have that say that I took this picture. I want to find pictures that make it that have my look to them. Mm-hmm. So um, are you basing your decision on the artistic quality of them? Are you basing it on technique? Like I want to show oh, one light. I want to show two lights. I want to show natural light. How are I, you making those decisions? Um, I, I look at um, trying to take, I want to show them. I want to show them my best work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it tends towards more recent work, but more recent work tends to be my best. Maybe out of the 40 pictures I brought, maybe 10 of them were more than a year and a half old um, or a year old. That, that, that the more recent stuff is, is what I want to show because the older stuff I have in books and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it makes it seem like you're shooting more. If, you're not, if, it's, if it's not your whole portfolio from five years ago, then it looks like you've, you're improving and you're doing new stuff. Um, I want to show – you want to show that you have a vision. You know that you that you have a character to your photographs, um, which I try to have in mind, um, and I think I think it comes across. Um, one of the women said that she really loved the cinematic look of my stuff, and we're going to try to find a way to work together. Um, the, so I mean, that's exactly the kind of comment you want, right? You want mm-hmm. somebody to notice that the pictures have some sort of overarching feel. Um, it's it's a difficult thing. I mean, it, it's the same thing happens when you're working on pictures for your website as well, right? Um, or trying to put things in order, even on your website. Sure. Um, currently, I think I think my site opens with that picture of Lindsay on the couch, um, the party picture. You party? Like. Yeah, I, um, I do like that photo. I, I like that photo too. And I was thinking about it yesterday as I was I was uh, going over this stuff for the show, and I was kind of thinking, you know, I should actually have that be a more dramatic photo, like the one of the woman giving birth or something. Um, which is a little more exciting uh, on gra- on the front page. Yeah, you know, it grabs you a little bit more. Um, it's a difficult thing, though. You, 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 you. There are there are people who will you can hire who will help you choose images for your portfolio, I, or a lot of people will um, sort of crowdsource it. You know, they'll show their mm-hmm. friends a whole bunch of stuff like, "What do you like? What do you not like?" The problem is, is that you will get different answers from every single one of your friends. Sure. Um, but I, I think you can, you know, you can apply what you've done and, and you, you just brought up a good point. You can apply what you've done with your, with your print portfolio that you brought in to your website. And I, and I wish more photographers would be more critical of their own work in, in terms of what they show on their websites. Um, show less? Well, in some cases, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of photographers' websites who show hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of no, photos. No, no, no. And, you know, that's great. I mean, I, I suppose it, it shows that you've been shooting for a long time and, and, you know, it shows that you've got depth and breadth and all of that. But if, if the website is meant to be a promotional tool to get people interested in your work and get them to hire you, yeah. then they shouldn't have to wade through 500 photographs over the last 15 years to make that decision. Yeah. Your portfolio is only as strong as the worst image. Sure. Right. Um, sure. So if you have 300 pictures on your portfolio, they're not all your best images. Um, some of them are filler. Um, you know, what's interesting as time goes on, as, as you, as you build a portfolio and as you rebuild it and hone it and things change, there is a picture that you would have had on your portfolio years ago. So like three years ago, Probably one of my main pictures on my portfolio would be this uh, shot of Jhumpa Lahiri, the author I took for this magazine. And I really loved it, and time ran at full page, and it came out really great. And uh, that, I think that was probably one of the first things on my website that you would see when you go there. That picture, I don't think it, I don't think it any longer even makes the cut. Hmm. You know? So it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing when the top picture on your pile suddenly is not even worthy of the bottom picture of your on your pile. And is it because your your tastes have changed? Is it because the, the tastes of better. the industry? Okay. All right. Um, it's also interesting. I remember I saw an interview with, I think it was Joel Meyerowitz, 
um, talking about, I think it was Gary Winogrand. And, and he bumped into him on the street and he said, oh, you know, I love your work, blah, 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 blah. I'd love to come by and say hi sometime. And Winogrand like said, you know, how about tomorrow at noon or whatever? And, and so he went over to Winogrand's studio and he's like, here, look at these. And he picked up like a box of prints. And apparently he had four foot tall stacks of boxes of prints. And Gary just, Winogrand had Yeah. Them. And he just yeah. like picked up a box and put it in Joel's lap and said, you know, here, flip through these. And I... Hmm. That image always kind of – I like that image of of just sort of handing somebody a bunch of stuff to look at. And prints, it changes things. You know, prints are different than looking on an iPad or looking on a website. Sure. And I think that and, – or looking through a book. And I think that that's part of it. Prints feel more um, important somehow. And it was funny. The night before, a friend of mine came over and, and uh, I was trying to decide whether the plastic uh, – the poly bags are or not. I said, what do you think? And he goes, well, he's just like, without, that's a power play, right? You're going in there and you're basically saying, yeah, these could get dirty, but I don't care. You know, that like, mm. uh, I can just print more, you know, that, that I, I'm fancy, like I'm fancy enough to where it doesn't matter to me whether I mess up a hundred dollars worth of prints showing them to you. Interesting. Which, which, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's not a bad way of looking at it or, you know, it's not, it's plausible, you know? Right. I mean, if you have all your prints in bags, then it's like, well, what do you only have? You can only make one set of prints. Like, who are you? You know, um, it's it's it, the whole thing is very very difficult. Um, but I think that choosing images and 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 deciding what it is that you want to show, I think that that is a very personal thing, and I think it's something that individ that the photographer should do himself. I think part of being an artist is, I mean, is editing is is being an artist is editing. And I think editing your own portfolio is part of that. I mean, you need to choose as the artist what you want to show other people. Sure. So the idea of hiring a consultant to tell you what to put in your portfolio, I mean, yeah, may, maybe it'll get you more work, but I doubt it because everyone's got such different taste that for every person who prefers the way they did it, there's going to be a person who prefers the way you did it. And it it's, just seems like a odd. money grab to me. It's odd to me that, that and I and I get it, but it's it's odd that there is that that sort of brand consultancy culture. Oh, sure. You know that we the the idea that you are your brand, which that that's maybe a topic for another show because I I, I can see both sides of of you are your brand or or your brand is yeah. you having a I, logo I, as a photographer. Yeah, I, I can see that, um, and I think it's the the bigger picture is it's part of a culture where 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 we live now that everybody does want to become a brand. Um, actors and actresses are musicians and fashion designers. And I don't like being a brand. Well, you know, and that's, that's the thing, you know, is that where you want to be? Because there are those photographers who, who have become whether by design and I'm sure it is, but uh, they may, they may say not, but I, I think it's by design that they have become a brand yeah. and not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah. Um, and I think know. we're gonna we chose one as this week's photographer, <laughs> which we'll get to. Which yeah, we'll get no, to. no, we'll get to. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it is you know because there are so many outlets and so many tie-ins, and you know you've got photographers endorsing products now. You've got photographers as you know social media icons. You've got photographers as. Yeah. Many things other than photographers, celebrity photographers, and not taking pictures of celebrities, right? Uh, there, right. The, you know, absolutely. There's also a thing where you go in, and some people would, you know, it used to be that you needed to get a like these super fancy like leather bound portfolios from this place called like House of Portfolios or something, and people spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on these books. Is that really what it was called, House of Portfolios? In fact, it's still around. It's called the House of Portfolios. It's in, <laughs> it's in Chelsea. Um, and I've never done that just because I feel like, my God, that's insane. Like, this place is totally gouging. And then some people say, well, you don't look professional enough with the thing. And I think, you know what? I think my prints look professional enough, and I think that my work speaks for itself. The fact that the women the other day couldn't tell which of my images were composites and which weren't, mm -hmm. that proves that they're good composites, you know? Well, and, and then you it, it brings up, comparisons like Eggleston walking in with, uh, you know, to MoMA with a box of Polaroids. Yes. You know, which and saying, will never, Here, ever happen again. Flip through this. 
you know um it was about the feeling of the work yep. and you know we we posted something uh yesterday on fade and blurred uh it was a set of photos that i that i came across uh by a, a woman named marguerite baker johnson and it, it, the, the the set is called American Life, and uh, well, maybe we can put a link to it. In the did you look at this? Uh, I don't think I have. I was about go, to go take a look. It's on the it's on the front page. Um, Your website nothing... is faded. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wise guy. Um, there's nothing inherently, you know, extraordinary about any of these photographs taken individually. Uh, but but as I say in in the, in the post, taken collectively, they they paint a picture of a life that no longer is. They they show us a version of America that we that we reminisce about, that we think we kind of know about from our parents or grandparents, but we ourselves have never really experienced. And there's something about that that I find intriguing that I connect to despite the fact that I, that it's completely foreign to me because I, I I didn't you know I didn't grow up in this time do you know what no, I mean yeah no I totally understand but I mean how much of this is is I mean how much of of the editing of these pictures not editing like Photoshop but just you know choosing the pictures paints a picture of the past which never really existed at all and that's the other side of it that's the other side of it is we're 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 taking from this set and and sets like them uh and building this sort of backstory in our own experience or from our own experience of what this must have been like but it may not have been like this at all yeah no it is uh this is fascinating no they're cool so this is just some woman or she was a real photographer photographer? she was a photographer the only thing i could find is in this this there's a seller on eBay selling some of her two and a quarter negatives. And th- this little description here, this is all I could find on this woman. Um, so if anybody out there has any information on Marguerite Baker Johnson, I'd, I'd love to find out a little more about her. Um, apparently she, she shot for the times for the Chicago tribune, uh, the London times, the daily mirror. Uh, so, you know, a variety of credits, but I, I can't find a lot of information on her. But, I, you know, if you look at these photographs, see if they resonate with you. For me, this this kind of, you know, scratches me where I itch, so to speak. I, I really like photographs like this. And I, I, I like the the life that they portray. And I think that's one of the reasons I like Eggleston so much is I'm not familiar with that life or that, that period firsthand. But I like I like what it causes me to think about or how it how it affects me emotionally when I look at those photographs. And I think photography is really the only the only medium that you can get that level of sort of visceral connection. Have we done Eggleston as a photographer of the week? No, I don't okay. think so. We've we'll talked to, about him. Yeah, we'll have briefly. to do him one day. Yeah, interesting. He's a fascinating guy. Really fascinating. Um yeah. but at the same time really frustrating. Um He's a strange dude. Yeah, we should we should talk about him. That would be a fun show. Yeah, we could. Totally anyway, do so uh, sorry to digress, but I I, th- I think this kind of fit into to uh, what we were talking about in a way. Now, th- this is not the entire set. This is me taking you know some of the photographs from the set that I thought made an impact on me. So e- there was even beyond her editing, there was then my editing of her edit. Yeah, you know, so so it becomes. Um, a process within a process kind of thing, which I, I find interesting as well. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. So very odd. Looking at looking at at pictures that, especially when you look at pictures like this, the times that they're not meant for public consumption, they're just like sort of home movies kind of pictures, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. snapshots, and suddenly they get out into the 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 whole world. You know, there was a you know, we were. Where I, where I live, we have these. I live in an apartment complex, and and uh, you know they're they're like the common dumpster areas kind of thing. Uh, and I, I went out to the trash, uh, and there was just this box, a, a large cardboard box filled with smaller boxes, and it, it had you know come open when somebody had thrown it away, and it looked like maybe somebody had moved, or maybe uh, someone had had 
died and and the relatives had had then cleaned out the apartment but there were boxes and boxes of the small uh remember the like the the square format prints with like little scalloped sure. edges yeah 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 just boxes of them and yeah. and nothing special i mean they were snapshots but it just felt so strange that that they were throwing away a life you know, in, it is in the- a way Nothing special, but something special to the people who were in the pictures and the people who took the pictures, which is, which is the crazy thing about photography. I mean, it might be a terrible picture, but it might mean something very much to, you know, a parent or a child or a a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just found that myself just looking through pictures of, of, you know, my father and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like, wow, that's a terrible picture, but it's the only picture of me and him or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But it's funny how once it goes out of living memory, you know, once all the people who are involved are dead or don't care anymore or whatever, how, 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 how little pictures like that matter. Does that make sense? No, it it really does. Um, it's, I find myself trying to build stories. I mean, I, I stood there for a little bit and kind of looked through them and, and, tried to, to, to get a, an idea of, of who this person was in the, the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that I was sitting there looking through this, this person's pictures. But again, that's, I think, the power of, of photography is, is it, it can draw you in despite not knowing anything about the subject. It inspires. It, it, I don't even know how to really explain it, but it, it either affects you or it doesn't. It's like opera in that way. It either it either resonates with you or it doesn't. Um, and and for me, these types of images, despite their their apparent randomness, I connect to them somehow. Yeah. Or I allow myself to connect to them somehow. Yeah. You know, I mean, you talking about your you also your, you like collections of images. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, where I I tend towards single images. Hmm. That must okay. That must make it very difficult for you to assemble collections of, of image. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because it, you're you're singling out images as wow, I really like this, but maybe paired with this other image, not so much. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um. But it. But it. But I. I kind of want to see each individual image as an object. As as I try to think of them as each one is equivalent of a painting. Mm-hmm. And okay. And. and and should have a commiserate amount of time spent looking at it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny when you see somebody and they, they're going through your book or your pile of images and they're flipping through and they, they stop on one, but they flip right past another. Um, and, and maybe that other image was the one you wanted them to stop. on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, what? but, but that, that's how it works, right? You never know where it's going to go. Sure. Um, but, uh, Hey, you know, we should do our sponsor. We should do our sponsor. Uh, they they are uh, very cool to us. Um, Red River Paper is is our our current sponsor. Um, they are aren't they in Dallas? They're in Dallas. They are in Dallas, and I used Red River Paper to print all the pictures of my portfolio. What did you end up using? Did you use the semi gloss? Uh, what is it? Polar satin? Is that what it is? I, I love the uh, Ultra Pro satin. Ultra Pro satin, which is actually okay. the less expensive satin. There's a there's a more the the polar satins i think are actually polar luster mm-hmm. polar satin those are actually more expensive but I, you know the, the polar ones are tend towards more blue see that's the okay. thing about paper is that people think white is white but it's not it's not um there's a very drastic i mean if you put them next to each other there's a very big difference between a lot of paper's whiteness right um, and see i think that's why i like the polar mat yeah. for my black and white stuff because it's i like that cooler black and white tone right and 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 a lot of people uh yeah put the they put these artificial brighteners in paper nowadays mm-hmm. um what do they call them is it like bpas or something like yeah. that optical um, brighteners there you go um where where which actually makes it tends it tends it towards blue um it less warm more cool kind of feeling um i i personally like things that are a little bit more warm which is why i go for the ultra pro satin because it's a little warmer um, but yeah, so, uh, I printed them all on, on the red river and it looks great. Nice. In fact, I, I, I ordered that other box, which I've actually cracked open and started printing on. So I, man, I just love their stuff. I need to, we need to get some of their fine art paper and see how it is. 
Because we like the matte and the luster. I would love that. In fact, you know what you should do? You should print out a copy of Party and send it to me so I can look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and but and put on my wall. If <laughs> if you could sign it too, just so I know who took it, that would be great. Yeah, because you know it gets it'll get confused with all the other prints I get every week. So yes. Um, so if you if you could hook that up, that'd be awesome. Well, you know what? Maybe what I'll do is I will order for twelve ninety nine a sample pack of their papers, and I will get some of their fine art paper, and I can try it out. Yeah, there uh, there's I think there are two or. Th- you know what two or three it's it's out of reach but i think there are two or three of each sheet um in in the sample pack so you can kind of see what you like and there are textured papers or smooth papers or hot press or cold press yeah. for you artists out there you know i think if they if they um sponsor us next month as well i think what we should do is i mean i love uh the 10 percent off purchases but let's see if we can also get them to lower the price on the uh sample kit yeah, or maybe send us some to give out. Yeah, that would just, be fun. You know, uh, yeah, we should. We, we'll have to do that. But uh, for, for right now, go try it out. Red River Paper—they're great. If you want to, uh, if you print and you want to spend a little less money but get better paper than you used to, uh, give these guys a shot because their product is really, really good. Uh, it's as good as any of the big name brands that I've used. Um, and you can get their uh, sample pack for twelve ninety nine. If you go to redriverpaper.com slash OTP, that's on taking pictures, uh, you'll get a little landing page where you can order this kind of stuff. And uh, if you use the promo code OTP uh, at your checkout, you will get 10% off your order through the end of the month, which is uh, not that which, far away. No. And it brings it down to about half price of what you're going to pay for like Epson or, or yeah. HP paper. Yeah. It's it's really good paper. Um, in uh, fact, you know what I'd like to try that I haven't yet? Which? They're metallic paper. Ah, metallic. You like the metallic thing? I like metallic. Like for Nikki's work, for her, she does a lot of, you know, she, for those of you who don't know, uh, Nikki does macro florals and, and very, very close up of, of flowers and, and plants and things like that. Uh, and her work looks amazing on metallic paper. Man, I should start printing on metallic then. It, it really makes colors pop. But what you have to be careful of is if if there are areas of of either white or very very light areas yeah they're not going to be white because the 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 coating on the paper gives it kind of a not quite a pearl in in terms of of the what would it be diffraction of color um but it but it does have kind of a opulence yeah or or almost like a a very dull pewter kind of quality to it you know what i I mean you know what i printed once is a black and white picture on uh on metallic paper and it came out pretty cool Hmm. uh i mean it's really contrasty but it also has a little bit of a pop to it yeah and metallic paper is usually pretty expensive yeah um here I'm, i'm looking at their page here you can get 13 by 19, a box of 13 by 19 for less than 50 bucks. Which is what, 20? 20 slices. slices. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. No, that's yeah. a, a good price. And that's, right. that's a big print. 13 by 19, that's a big print. I know. You know, it's funny. Doing the portfolio, I did, I did 11 by 14. I, I kind of wish I'd go even bigger, but I mean, it gets exponentially more expensive the bigger you print. Unless you have one of those giant printers like you do, where you're buying right. the ink by the barrel. That's right. What is the old adage? Never pick a fight with somebody who buys ink by the barrel. That is the old adage. I think. I think it's it's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check them out. Okay. Um, so, who's our photographer this week? Who do you want to talk about? Okay, I want to talk about David LaChapelle. And why do you want to talk about David LaChapelle? Was was Terry Richardson busy? I don't like David LaChapelle. The reason why I the reason why I I bring him up is because um, two different women in the last couple of weeks uh, who I've met have mentioned that he is their favorite photographer. Their favorite photographer. Their favorite photographer is this guy. Um, and if you don't know who he is, uh, David LaChapelle is this uh, sort of celebrity uh, fashion photographer guy. Um, and all of his pictures are sort of, um, apparently he was discovered in the eighties by Andy Warhol and he was used to shoot for interview magazine. Um, but his pictures tend to be really sort of, what's, what's the word you should, would use, uh, um, oversaturated over. Well, for me, they're kind of garish. There's yes, just garish is the word. 
there's just a lot going on and it's it's very sort of in your face lots of things surreal. going on it's, it's, it's sort of that hyper real yeah hyper but real it, some, some of it's like that crazy fashion where it's like you know big giant poofy things on people's heads and and fire coming out of places and fire coming out of places there you know there's like lots of pictures of fire I, you know what it is i don't i tend towards more subtlety in okay. my own work and i know that doesn't mean that i can't like somebody who is unsubtle no um, but his his work is very bold yes um and i find it garish and i find it I don't like it very much. Supposedly, he's a very nice guy. Uh, he's like this very quiet gay man, um, and 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 so I, I mean, I, I'm not disparaging him as a person. Um, now, why do you think he has achieved the notoriety or the level of? of I think people of, like garishness sometimes. I think mm-hmm. that it, I think that it's bigger than life. A lot of the stuff that he does. I think that a lot of it, and this is a really misogynistic statement, but I think a lot of his pictures um, speak to women more than men in some ways. Because, uh, hmm. I mean, they're very, like, kind of accessory fashion-y, you know? Um, crazy stuff, boom boxes and roller skates and, 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 and you know, that kind of look. Sure. Yeah. Um, I personally don't think that they're lit particularly well, um, but you know, who am I to judge? Uh, I just the reason I bring it up is that I just find it fascinating that two girls that I've met in the last week have have said that he's their favorite photographer, and he's always been one of my least favorite photographers, and uh, and you know, least famous, really famous photographers. Um, what do you think? I don't. I don't know a lot about his work simply because w- what I've what I've seen of it doesn't resonate really w- with me yeah. personally. Yep. I mean, if 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 I'm um that that level of of let's say busyness maybe yep in 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 the work for me somebody who does that really really well and is and is also very sexy at pulling it off is Ellen von Unworth. Okay. Um, so that level of sort of over the top party atmosphere, I, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't resonate with me. I, I, I like something that's got a little more subtle style and that's a little sexier to me. Yeah, sure. You know? Absolutely. And I, I, and I, I think, think it's a little oversaturated too. I mean, it's not just yeah. saturated; it's like garishly saturated. I, we keep using that word, but you know, I don't, I don't understand the draw of of you know, like we talked about earlier. I don't understand the draw of Terry Richardson either. I think his yeah. work is very. I mean, his has know, a very off to him. For sometimes doing it. his has a, he, he is like sort of the minimalist La Chapelle. Um, but it's that same kind of harshness. Yeah, you know, no, and maybe it it's the on camera flash, or maybe it's it's. You know, because he kind of walks around with it, with his contacts and his and yep. his and his flash off to the side there, and and every, everything has a harshness to it. Um, and for the people that like that style, they are they are probably two of the best people at at producing that style. Yep. But it's just a style that doesn't really resonate with me. Yeah, and this I mean this is all to say that you know when we bring this up and we're critical of somebody, that doesn't mean that you can't like it or that he's not a good photographer. I mean. He's obviously a, a very good photographer. He's a great photographer. I just particu- don't particularly like the work. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the guy can shoot and, and he gets crazy assignments and better stuff than I get. Uh, it's just interesting, the stuff that speaks to some people and doesn't speak to others. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's the sort of difference between, I mean, you look at, look at say, his his shoots of Lady Gaga and, and, and what you get I think that's a terrible that. picture. The one with the bubbles? Yeah. Yeah, that's a. T- but then, I've always hated that picture. You know, look at at somebody like, I don't know, maybe like Michael Greco's shoot of Scorsese on yep. on the rooftops in New York, and it's, you know, the, the Scorsese shoot. I mean, it's it's beautifully lit. It's it's understated, but it's still dramatic. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know what I mean. Whereas this is, yes, it's dramatic, but it's it's so in your face and so, you know, look at me kind of thing and maybe that's the point of it maybe maybe that is the point is is 
for the photographs themselves to say, look at me. Yeah, no, it, I, I, I think that there is a flamboyantness about this. There is a very much sort of the L.A. culture mm-hmm. in, in, in La Chapelle's work, which is actually maybe part of I, I'm not a big fan of the L.A. world, you know, um, the sort of style over substance kind of thing. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason why I am not blown away. You don't have by, that in New York? Oh, there's totally style over substance, but not quite as 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 superficial as okay. it is in L.A. You know, well, you guys are fancy. We don't we don't have that here. Uh, you know, that may be part of it. Um, I just, you you understand what I'm saying, though, yeah, don't you? No, I do. I'm just giving it's it's, it's a different it's a different aesthetic. Um. I just, you know, you look up David LaChapelle on Google Images, and it's like if you have a headache, you should really not do it. It's it's very, it's very loud. Yes. It's, it, and that's... Loud, and, that's a good way of putting it. But he uh, does that exceedingly and, well. I mean, if, the, if no, that's and, what you're and looking gimmicky. for... It, it's, yeah, no, if, if you're looking for loud, gimmicky, garish, oversaturated photos, he's your guy. Um... And some people think that those are all good things to say, you know. Uh, it's just not. It's just not my scene. And I right. just, I just thought it'd be interesting to bring somebody in who we uh, don't gush over, or rather, gush over differently, you know, uh, to bring a different. Well, and, then, and you know, there. Again, if I'm if I'm gonna if I would make a like a comparison to somebody that can do loud work. But in a style that I appreciate more, it would be somebody like Rankin. Okay. You know, I mean, he can do some really in-your-face kind of look-at-me images. But there's, I don't know, there's a finesse to them that, that is different. Yeah. That resonates with me. Not better, not worse, just different. No, absolutely. Um, man, different photographers, it's amazing the different work the different styles that come out of the same camera in different people's hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when I'm taking pictures, I'll look at the pictures that I have in the camera, and to me, it'll feel like every shoot kind of feels the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, I'll flip through the pictures on the shoot, and I'll be like, God, I didn't do anything different this time, or, you know, whatever. And then I get home, and I flip through them, and you come down to, like, a certain set of, you know, you call it down to the three or four that are the good ones. And they do have a certain character to them. And what you realize later is that the, the fact that your set of images feels like your images, well, that's that's a good thing. You know, that means that you have some sort of consistent point of view. And I think that that, I mean, it's not that your point of view can't evolve. It's just that it, it, it's good to sort of know who you are. I think that's a sign of maturity as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got lots yeah, of good people to do. He's got a ton of work on his website. Who are we talking about? La Chapelle. Oh, yes. I, I mean, a ton well. of work. Like uh, more than uh, more than you think he should, uh, based upon our. Uh... Within the context of this discussion, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, he it, does have a lot of work. There's, I mean, and each one of these galleries, there's like you know, ten, fifteen images in each gallery. I mean, there are hundreds of images on this site, which yeah. I think is great as a as a testament to look. I've been shooting for a long time, and I've been shooting. But I, I, from an information design standpoint, there's just a lot to wade through. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, I really don't like that Gaga picture with the bubbles. I think it's because she looks like a man in that picture. That was mm-hmm. harsh. <laughs> I, You know, I don't know a lot about her. You know, what's kind of cool is uh, the way that you can... Um, uh, the, the fact that, like... Um, what was I going to say? Hold on a second. I just lost my train of thought. That was terrible. Just completely gone? Yeah, it was a good thought, too. Sorry, I was looking at La Chapelle photos. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on here. Too much. Well, too much, in my opinion. You know you know who's... who, And we're going to... We'll, you know what? We'll do him next week. Uh, which is... Him who? Uh, uh, Albert Watson. Yeah, you know, my, if if my career could be like anybody's, I want it to be like Albert Watson. I like Albert Watson for a couple reasons, um, and and we'll get more into detail. But I, I like a, a I like his photographs, but I love. Uh, do you happen to have the book Cyclops? Uh, I do not. Uh, if you get a chance, take a look through it. I know uh, of it. I just don't own it. 
I love the design of that book, and part of it, part of the success of that book, obviously, is the photographs, but also the graphic design work by David Carson, who's one of my favorite graphic designers. Yeah, um, Ray Gun, Beach Culture, you know, just a fantastic graphic designer. Really changed typography for modern graphic design. See, um, Carson drives me nuts. Really? Yes. All right. But see, this is where we differ. But that's, but uh, the thing okay. I like about Albert Watson is that his pictures don't all look the same. Mm-hmm. And and that he does portraits and he does still lifes and he does all kinds of stuff and it's all still good. You know, I met him last year. Did you? Oh, yeah. He spoke at a, at a, a group that I'm a member of and uh, he's total sweetheart. We talked, we chatted for like 15 minutes afterwards. In fact, there's a picture somewhere up on my blog of that I took of Albert Watson. Um yeah, I'll have to put it in the blog. Um, he was, uh, yeah, it was last year. Sweetheart, mm. old man. Very, very sweet. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we'll talk about, man, we got so many photographers to talk about. But, uh, yeah, so David LaChapelle, go look at his stuff. We'll put a bunch of links in the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Chime in and, and, you know, what do you think? Who are some of your favorites? Maybe suggest something for uh, a photographer of the week. Um, and if you if you like the show, if you hate the show, um, I mean, we'd prefer if you like the show, but uh, head over to iTunes and maybe maybe uh, scribble out a review or a rating or something. That would be very, very let nice. Us, let us know how we're doing. Uh, so it's, uh, let's see, podcast at ontakingpictures.com is where you can email us some uh, suggestions, comments, feedback. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at, um, uh, at Bill Wadman. And Jeffrey, what are you? At Jeffrey Sidoris, two F's, E R Y, and S like Sam, A D D O R I S. There you go. Jeffrey Sidoris. There you go. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week. And, uh, I, you know, did I, you, were we going to do a live show? Did we want to do that? Yeah, let's do a live Yeah, let's try to do a live show. Uh, maybe we can do like a Google Plus thing. Oh, you want to do the, video too? I don't, well, I don't know. I wonder do if bandwidth will be too much. But we can, it might we, can be. we can give it a shot. We'll uh, look into we'll look into some things, and if if so, we can we can at the very it. least we can uh, uh, cast it, you know, ice cast it. Okay. Uh, and then I so, think I think it could be fun. I think what we should talk about next week maybe is something a little bit more technical. Okay. Uh, which is you had wanted to talk about workflow. Yeah, you I want to I want to talk there? about workflow. Okay. Uh, I hope it doesn't bore people. But I, I think it's interesting the way people go from camera to finished image is is interesting. And, I just uh, so go varied. to iPhoto from my from my iPhone. That's all I do. Yeah, I actually just take pictures with my <laughs> iPhone and post them to Facebook. That's right. Um, I, I don't know why you have to do so much processing. Uh, <laughs> real photographers, Jeffrey, don't over process. But I have the I have the film look. Yeah, r- real photographers don't do too much Photoshop. They just use filters. Um, yeah. On that stuff. note, now that we've completely lost everyone yeah it happens hey thank you for listening though um i i hope and i know you do too um i hope you guys are enjoying the show we're having a great time doing it yeah and uh spread the word we like listeners yep all right uh till next week bye